In the summer of 2018, I decided that I wanted to launch a membership site. I knew what I wanted that resource to be. I knew what I wanted to offer people, but I didn't know exactly what a launch would look like. So on a whim, I signed up for Kelly McCausey's Stretch Yourself Challenge. And by the end of September, I had begun creating content and putting myself out there as an online marketing teacher. We launched Six Figure Systems that month, and five and a half years later, we're still going strong. I've often said that I can trace every single dollar I've ever made online right back to Kelly McCausey. She was the first online marketer I met in real life, and she introduced me to Lynn Terry and David Perdue, who introduced me to Nicole Dean, Connie Reagan Green, Karen Thaxton, Lynette Chandler, Sue Painter, and so many other people who I consider my friends and my mentors today. But the number one thing that Kelly did for me was teach me the power of content marketing. It makes me a little nostalgic and, if I'm honest, a little sad that she's recently announced that she's moving on from content marketing coaching into full-time mindset, mindset coaching. This is a really good move for Kelly. She is a really fantastic mindset coach. Members of Six Figure Systems VIP know that. They talk with her every month, and it's been a real a real bonus for the membership. But Kelly can't really leave the content marketing space behind without one final stretch yourself challenge. And that does make me happy to hear that. I invited her to join me here on the podcast to talk about all things content marketing, what you need to know about the stretch yourself challenge, and what's next for her. Listen in to hear about my plans for this last run of the stretch yourself challenge too. If you're a course creator, you're going to want to join us for this last run. I'm not ready to announce all the details quite yet, but I have something special brewing just for you. As always, you'll find the show notes for this episode at tinycourseempire.com forward slash 112. And with that, I'll turn this over to the nice lady with the branded intro to kick us off. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast a weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action, and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey, Kelly. Thanks for joining me on the Tiny Course Hi. Empire podcast to talk about content marketing. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. We've been talking about content marketing for a couple of months now inside Six Figure Systems, and I'm kind of, you know, gearing people up to be producing more content and to really use it as a way to grow their audience and to build their business. I think content, and I, and I think you would agree with me that content is is a foundational piece that we all need. I'm curious though, what your, like, like what your content marketing journey was like, what did, how did that, how did you become the content marketing coach? I, I think it goes back to podcasting originally because I started in an internet radio show in November of 2003 that became a podcast the next year. I just loved 
to talk to people about how they were making money at home. Like we, it was work at home, moms talk radio. And that content that I published attracted a community around it and led to me participating in a paid membership group, growing a mailing list, selling advertising, like that content provided a lot of venues for income for me. And at that time, I wasn't writing, even though I considered myself a writer in other ways, I wasn't writing a lot of content at that time. Over the years, I start. I definitely started to create more written content, got into blogging. I had a little blog network for a while. You remember that? I do. Spark plugging. Mm-hmm. I, I just loved the effect of having something to say or having some information to share, putting it out there and having people just gather around that content and want to spend time with each other and you. Like Content has just always been magical. Tell me about, because I think a lot of people think that like content marketing requires things like, you know, a serious SEO stance and keyword research. And that kind of has always turned me off from content marketing. Did you do any of that stuff when you were getting started? Do you do any of it now? It's interesting because, because there's a boomerang effect for me in those early years, we were definitely, I was thinking about search engine optimization, but um, not for my primary, most important content, like my content at work at home, moms talk radio. I wasn't thinking a lot about search engine optimization because when you're talking about work from home, you're talking about one of the most popular, highly monetized, competitive niches in the world. And so doing a little search engine optimization is like, you know, spitting in the wind. It's just, <laughs> yeah, that's it, what I was thinking. it's just not likely to create a big impact. And that's been true for me through all of my main niches, like search engine optimization, like, sure, I'll take a look at it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to do something obvious and simple, but I don't have a lot of hope that it's going to have an impact. Yeah. They, the, um, the, the common advice to, you know, when you're, when you're just building up your audience to kind of go after the low hanging fruit and the long tail mm -hmm. keywords and all of that, those, those are vanishingly rare in the yes. online business space. It was way more easy to play with over on the blog network. Like I had a little blog about crafting and like teaching children how to crochet. I could crush that. Um, no so fleece blankets. Like I made lots of Google AdSense and Amazon commissions from pages that were optimized for those phrases. Um, and so SEO was important to me in some ways, but my main gig has always struggled to, to leverage SEO. We have a lot of, um, or I have a lot of, um, community members, audience members who are not in the B2B space. So for them, 
you know, I'm thinking of the, the crafters and the homeschoolers and the, the wellness people and the, you know, the, the life coaches and I'm thinking of all of the people that I know in my audience who are doing more business to consumer content. Would you recommend that they go into SEO, that they look at that? Yeah, I think, and that's the boomerang effect for me is I ignored search engine optimization for as long as I have been solo smarts or love people make money. I just didn't even bother because any efforts I made were always just non-impactful as far as traffic. It was always a smarter move to work on my affiliate marketing, my JV relationships, my list building. But now I am moving into a, a B2C space full-time and I am digging into search engine optimization. I have I have a blog post that I'm really proud of that when shared with my community, it converted really well. And when it has been shared with others, it's been converting really well as far as getting opt-ins on it. And so I did like dive into the search engine optimization to just take a look at how would, how, how are my phrases? Have I nailed my phrases? I'm I'm using, um, oh, I just had a complete brain blank on my SEO plugin. Yoast? The, Yoast, yes. <clears throat> the big obvious one. Um, I just ran it through and I discovered that I was using a phrase that wouldn't be helpful search engine optimization wise and identified a phrase that is appropriate. <clears throat> and I just ran through and I shifted my title, my subheadings, several references, and built some inbound links and saw immediate results from that as far as an uptick in traffic. And this is this is a website that's less than a year old. So an uptick of traffic represents like 20 more Um 20 after about 10 days there were there were 20 more visitors in in that month than the month before to that one page and that was the only thing i changed was the seo and if anyone's thinking 20 more like who cares well it's a start <laughs> i i think i think 20 more matters a great deal i i think mm -hmm. you know i i've i've banged this drum a lot and i i think you probably have too but you know, we all start with zero. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people out there who will maybe imply that you should be doing so much more than you really are. But I think an uptick of 20 is phenomenal. What's, what's that old saying? If you can, if you can sell one thing, you can sell a hundred things. Well, if you can get if you can get twenty organic visitors to a page, you can get two thousand. Yeah, that what was exciting to me, yeah, it's the organic traffic because prior to that, every eyeball on that page was there because I emailed someone or an affiliate emailed someone. Like there was a specific ref 
recommendation that brought in the traffic. And that's nice. But, you know, organic traffic, and if just so, if just the doing the bare minimum that the Yoast plugin told me to do, increase an uptick of 20, then I know what to go, I know what to do from here. I know to build more inbound links. I know to, um, I know to create some more content around the topic and cross-link those pages. I know to really monitor how well my opt-in is doing on that page. Like it's it's a first step in the right direction to to have this website producing for me. So you mentioned conversions on that um, on that blog post or on that article. I I think sometimes we forget that content has a purpose besides just informing people. Do you have a call to action of some kind on all of your content? Is that is that your goal? And and what's your like how do you how do you kind of manage that? Like what's your what's your I don't I don't want to get too much into like processes. Like I don't I don't really I don't think it's important like where you put your opt-in form or whatever, but does every piece of content for you have uh have a goal? Does it does it have a job to do? Do you think about it that way? Yes. I've been thinking a ton about this, you know, moving full-time into me skills, into the mindset coaching, how purposeful I have to be about every item of content. And <clears throat> there's a, there's something I've said for years and years. I've said to my community, I don't care if you ever spend money with me. Like, I'm happy that we're hanging out. We're just a bunch of people who work from home and build a business online. And, you know, if we're simpatico, I'm happy to spend time with you. And I said that because it really didn't matter if you were on my list and didn't buy a product from me directly or hire me directly. I know factually that if people are in my space and on my list, they're eventually going to earn me some money, whether it's through an affiliate recommendation or a referral. Like I've, so I've always meant it when I said, I don't care if you ever spend money with me. I like you. <clears throat> Over in this new niche, there are far fewer affiliate marketing opportunities and fewer referral Act, few, there's fewer referral action, interestingly enough. <clears throat> so I do care whether you spend money with me or not. I do. I have to own that. That that as a mindset coach, I want you to join my mailing list. I want you to buy one of my low-cost products. I want you to trust me. I want you to want what I have in some way. And then pay me to help you. That's what I want. So every item of my content needs to invite you onto my mailing list, encourage you to want one of my products, introduce you to me as a coach that, that you might want to be in relationship with. There's no, there's no room on the website for, oh, I just felt like saying this and it didn't really go anywhere. 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I see, I, I see a lot of newer content marketers who do exactly that. Oh, I'm just, I'm just writing about, or I'm, I'm, you know, podcasting about or videoing about whatever's on my mind today. And there's no real goal. There's no real, um, purpose for the content other than, um, it's what's on their mind. It's what they're thinking about and they want to share that information. And it's, I tell people, I have, I have coaching clients who I've, I've cleaned up their, you know, kind of their website of all of this random type of content. And, and I tell them all the time, you can build a business like that. I, it is possible, but I think it's a long haul. I think you, you need to be more intentional with, with the content that you create. Yeah. Well, and it content, the content marketing space, the creator space as it, as becoming really popular. As, it, as it's been rebranded, the creator space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, there is a confusing message out there um, because there are people out there on on social media, creating content that's very casual and fun and engaging and has no call to action whatsoever. <clears throat> and they're making money because they're in, they might be in the TikTok creator fund and all they need is eyeballs. Right. <clears throat> same thing. Same thing is true of some lifestyle blogs. They have blog network or blog ad networks. So all they have to do is capture your eyeball, engage you, keep you on the page or clicking on other pages, and they're going to make money just from your eyeball because you're being exposed to advertising and that the interesting thing about that is that like it works for an, a tiny elite number of creators. It works to just engage eyeballs and keep them moving around in your content. If it, if they can get it to go viral or if they can get so popular that they always have, you know, five or six figure views on their content. And so, so small creators, whether they're social media or, or blogging, they see that and they think, well, all I have to do is be like them. I just have to be fun, be engaging, just no big deal. And, and I'll make money. But, you know, when your content is reaching a hundred people or, or bless a few hundred people, like you're never going to be welcomed into those ad networks. You're never going to be welcomed into those creator funds. And and you're going to be over here trying to build a list and sell products doing what they do. And it won't work. It will not work. You know, I adore, like I'm a TikTok, I can, I'm a TikTok addict this weekend because of the who the F did you marry? I don't know if you saw that, Cindy, but. I got lost in a 52 part playlist about a woman who married a pathological liar. <clears throat> she 
got millions and millions of views on this playlist and she made a lot of money, I guarantee it. And she had absolutely no call to action because all she needed was for you to watch the next part of her story. It was fun. <laughs> it It is fun. It is fun. And I, my problem with that is it's not sustainable. Mm-mm. It's it's not sustainable for her. Which you know, what's her what's her follow up going to be to that? I don't know. She's. I hope she's, she made enough money to retire on. She's. The interesting is, thing is that she's just she's not even that likable. To me, at the end of the whole story, I don't even want to be her friend. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't dislike her. I don't disrespect her. I have a lot of compassion for her, but she's just a person who fell for an idiot and has a crazy story to tell, but that it doesn't make me want to continue to watch any part of her journey. I don't want to know when she dates someone else. I don't care that she's finally going to London. I don't care. The story is over. I'm more curious about the pathological liar, to be honest. Like, where's he now? So again, not sustainable. She, she's not building a business. She's, she's, she's entertaining us for a season. So it's really, it's, I love that the people who are listening to this conversation, they know you, Cindy. I'm so grateful that they know you and that they're in your space because it's so easy to look at what other, what's happening out there and thinking, oh, this is how you do it but you're going to call them back to strategy and numbers and conversions. And why do we do this? Like, what's the impact of all this? I just had a a workshop about this not too long ago. The people who are susceptible to the allure of the quick content, the viral content, the TikTok stories that make money just because they exist. The people who think that that's the way to build a business or who want to believe that that's the way to build a business are not my people. They're not listening to this podcast. I've been way more of a content consumer um, in the last week or so than I usually am because I've I've always prided myself on I'm a content creator. I'm not a huge content consumer, but I've been a big consumer because of that 52 part series I listened to all weekend and the crime junkie podcast. I entertained myself with the crime junkie podcast when I was driving um, to go see the boyfriend last weekend. And I get exposed. I got exposed to an enormous number of ads because of that podcast. And, and that's just another example of like, all she does is talk about crime stories her only call to action is to join her community. She does, she, she does have a community. I did not go join it, <clears throat> but she's making money from ad dollars. If you're going to create entertaining content and build a huge audience, you can benefit from creator funds and advertising networks and, and just focus on publishing great content and engaging with your audience. That's a space. I don't know how to access that space. I don't know how to be that entertaining. I don't know how I don't, and I don't want to, it's not what I want. 
So I talk about this to uh, to my people as the difference between content in support of your business and content as your business. Mm-hmm. Those are two very different things in my mind. And I've always been, and I think you are a content creator in support of your business. If you ask me like what I want to do, I'm transitioning as of May 1st of this year. I will no longer be a content marketing coach. I will be a full-time mindset coach. And I want to have meaningful, impactful coaching relationships with people who who need more self-autonomy, self-love, self-compassion, and then to enjoy all the impact of that that can spread out in their life and affect their relationships and their work and their future. I want to, I want to have impactful, intimate coaching relationships. So how do I get there? How do I publish content that, that creates that possibility? That's, that's the only reason to write something. That's the only reason to publish something. That's the only reason to share something is because it could lead to an intimate, impactful coaching relationship. I love that. Who's your, um, so I know you're transitioning into mindset coaching and I'm, I'm just curious who your, who your client is for that. Like, are you, are you targeting, uh, small business owners? Are you staying within that field or is this for anyone? I suspect that I'll always appeal to entrepreneurial types because what has inspired me to enter into a coaching relationship has been that the coach has something I want. So I expect that the same thing happens with me. People people who come to me, it's because I have something that they want, uh, whether it's confidence or the ability to to move through criticism gracefully, like whatever. I think I will probably always attract entrepreneurs, uh, but I don't know. I'll probably always (laughs) attract entrepreneurs. There's some part of me that wants to naysay that and, and be open to something else. And, and maybe I will, but it's kind of, it's always, there's always been that same flavor in my business of there's someone I'm here for. And if someone else happens to come along and want it too, that's fine, but I'm not going to water down my message in order to try to widen that funnel. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense to me. I love that. I love that analogy that you're not going to water down your, your message. I think that's so, I think that's really important. I think a lot of, um, a lot of people think, oh, I just need a wider net. And, and that's not necessarily the way to go. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that can be a mistake. So you are leaving the, the content marketing space with one last big hurrah, yeah. which is your, your stretch yourself challenge. Yes. I've talked about the stretch yourself challenge before. Um, I credit the stretch yourself challenge with launching my membership, six figure systems, because 
that's that was I was I participated in that in in 2018 and I set the intention of launching a membership while I was participating in that and we've been uh going strong now for five and a half years so it was it was really 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 impactful on my business and I know that you are um this will be what the 12th 15 15 15th holy smokes yeah. the 15th stretch yourself challenge that is amazing I'm super impressed and just for for reference, this runs once a year. There was right? a couple of years that it was twice a year. That's how we end up being 15 instead of 12. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. But still, this has been running yeah. for a long time. We're talking a decade of Stretch Yourself yep. challenges, at least, right? Yeah. So tell us about the Stretch Yourself challenge. What is it? What can people expect from it? Mm -hmm. Why should people participate? You know, the Stretch Yourself challenge started with a really, uh, it started with a list of things you could do to put yourself out there as a content creator. The very first thing was there was just a big old bullet list of go do these things. If anybody says, I'm not reaching my people, I don't know what to do, I would say, go do these things. And I put that out there to my community. Uh, one of my clients, her 12 year old daughter, came to me and said, can I do it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> go for it. And she disappeared. She was gone for like three, four months. I didn't hear anything from her. Didn't think anything of it. She's 12 years old, like grown ass people don't finish what they start all the time. So she pops back in and says, um, I'm finished. And shows me her, it was a STEM website, like science technology whatever that I forget what STEM stands for. She's like, I did it. And I'm just looking at it. My pick my job off the floor. Like what? Uh, it was so exciting to see that one person actually accepted the challenge and did all of the things. That was the very first iteration before the challenge itself like was born this year the challenge there's 23 content challenges in the final content marketing challenge there's everything from the simplicity of you know blog your origin story to um creating and hosting a coaching intensive to tackling an affiliate promotion starting a facebook group uh, hosting a one-day summit, offering an Ask Me Anything. That's one of my favorite things, to be honest. Participating in uh, Help a Reporter Out, create a one-sheet, apply to be a podcast guest. There's just very specific, detailed, here's, here's something you can do to create and publish content. Here's the instructions. Go do it. But on top of that, the challenge has a whole life of its own in that there are points that you're earning as you, when you choose a challenge and complete it, you earn points. When you come to coaching sessions, you earn points. When you come to morning motivation sessions, you earn points. When you get together with two other participants to do a little triad coaching session with one another, you earn points. 
gamification is a thing. It is hot. It works. When I was doing the stretch yourself challenge prior to points, I was experiencing about a 15% completion rate as far as people who lied to me and said that they finished something. I, it sounds cruel, but people do. People fib. I was going to say 15% completion rates really high. Yes, that's what I'm saying. A bunch of people are fibbing. Um, as far as if they would just say, I did it. Yeah, I did it. <clears throat> when I introduced points, made clear, measurable ways to know that you've earned a point or not, and some social proof in that, like, we know whether you're here or not. We know whether you're active. <clears throat> if you say you were in a triad, two other people know whether you did that or not. When I introduced points and prizes, my completion rate went up to 50%. That is fantastic. Anybody who's ever created an online course knows that a 50% completion rate is off the charts, like seriously. I, th I think there's, I heard a, a quote the other day that said when, oh, I'm going to botch it, but it was something about when you can, when you can do something in, when you can do something whenever you do it never. So there's a, there is yeah. a built-in constraint there. The, the stretch yourself challenge takes place between this date and that date. And everybody's doing mm -hmm. it all at the same time. And I, I think that's just a really good way to boost participation for sure, to boost those completion rates, but still 50% is phenomenal. It has, it has been so exciting. Like it is I, the highest I've seen 56%. 56% completion rate. And that was last year when there were 80 some participants. <clears throat> and what was fascinating about that one was that um, I had, I charged more than I had in previous years. I, I didn't discount it as long. Um, and my numbers were, my uptake was a little low and I wanted the energy. So I let, I send a note out like, gosh, like three or four days before we were due to start. I told them, I told my people who paid, like, go bring a friend. So they went and invited, there was probably like 25, 30 more people that joined for free. And so they didn't have to pay anything to be there. They just had this buddy saying, come on, let's do this. It's cool. You win mugs or brownies. And I thought this might give me the group energy that I'm looking for, but it might kill my completion. That's what I was going to say. How, how many of those free people completed? It, it was a, it was an extremely solid year. And many of those freebies took advantage of my big offer after and joined Momentum Coaching Mastermind or did some other kind of a coaching program with me. The, here's the thing, what, what I discovered about the stretch yourself challenge, the points, the, I've always played up the official finisher status of it. People are desperate to feel like a finisher. There's a, there's a way that 
being in business on the internet, it lacks a finish line. If you have a day job, the finish line is 5 p.m. Like if I went in at nine and I left at five, I did my job that day. If you work at home, is there, the, the to-do list is never done. The, 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 it's, we rush from, from task to task and barely give ourselves a moment to celebrate the completion. So this, the, when I introduce the points that greatly increase the completion rate, and then the other thing that created pure magic, um, I was at Bob Jen Bob Sparkins from Lead Pages back when they were doing their converted event. He did a group mastermind at Lead Pages headquarters. <clears throat> and Lead Pages attracts a lot of business owners from a variety of niches, not all internet marketers. And the table that he sat me at for the group for the group meeting, I sat there like, what am I going to learn from these people? <laughs> They're not in my niche. They're not, we're not in the same space. I don't know what I, I don't know why Bob put me here, but Bob is brilliant because the man there um, had done a challenge with his customers and he introduced the top, this opportunity of extra credit as a way of helping somebody come back from failure. And I, my jaw dropped, I wrote it down, I brought it back and I incorporated it into the stretch yourself challenge. And so I've had extra credit now for, I, I think this is my fourth year, fourth or fifth year of extra credit. So if you join the challenge and you fall behind, you, you don't make it to the coaching sessions or, or, um, you, you just, you just feel like, oh man, I'm not going to get there. Then I announce an extra credit opportunity that is pretty easy, but requires a little time and engagement with others. Like, um, go leave a comment on another participant's blog or, or selfish extra credit. Um, go to, go to iTunes and leave me a review <laughs> or, or, you know, Hey, everybody drop your instas and you get a point for every friend that you follow. Uh, just easy, easy ways to come back from the potential of failure. That was a super powerful way to make engaging with other people pleasant and, and to help somebody who might've had a rough couple of weeks, come back and, and be able to be a finisher. And man, we need extra credit in our lives. Like it was, it's pure magic. Sometimes I give myself extra credit. Like, here's the extra credit opportunity so that you don't have to go into the weekend feeling like a failure. Go do this. And, and it will make up for having been a lazy snot, you know, on Monday and Tuesday, whatever. People need to feel like they're a finisher. They need to feel like they've done something. And to celebrate, to, to get the mug um, every challenge, I have an, a new custom mug design. So if you're finished, you get to choose between receiving the mug in the mail or getting a couple of uh, send out cards, brownies. And that whether you enjoy the brownies or keep the mug like that, you 
to look at that and to just go, I finished something. I'm one of the finishers. 87 people, 80, 80, 86 people were signed up, you know, 46 people finished. I was one of the finishers. I was not one of the slackers. I don't think of non-finishers as slackers, but you know, we all, we all self-identify ourselves ways. Like I, I, I love what you're saying about people need to feel like a finisher. I think that's, I think that's so, it's such a huge problem in the, in the online business space. Like you, like you said, because the work never ends. Even people who have jobs now, I was just listening to, I think it was Cal Newport yesterday talking about how the work never ends now for knowledge workers with jobs because they have cell phones and laptops and they're connected to the company intranet and they're they're at home after dinner doing the work just like entrepreneurs are we are always the the saying used to be when you work when you work from home you live in the office you know now everybody lives in the office we all do mm -hmm. so so being able to say I finished something, I think that's a really powerful, it's a really powerful statement. I love that. And I like the brownies too. Yeah. It, it, it's a you're not it's a, a toss-up for me between the mugs and the brownies because I've got a couple of Kelly mugs that I cherish. So I think it's a toss-up for me. So I am going to when does the stretch yourself challenge start? This this year it's running in April. So the full month of April. And this is an aberration. Um, it's because when I decided I was going to discontinue content coaching, I just can't bear the idea of delaying that all the way through to October because normally it's in September. So the, what if it were easy answer was, well, it's just going to move it. As we record this, we have a little over a month left. Um, we are going to do the, there's so many interesting things couple things I do want to say, the stretch yourself challenge itself doesn't go away. The content marketing challenge goes away. I'm going to be designing some really fun personal development challenges in the oh, future. Oh, that'll be fun. So you're transitioning the brand into something different. I love that. Yes. Stretch yourself challenge is so much about mindset. Every morning we get together for a, a motivation session and we talk about mindset. I'm, I'm already thinking ahead to all of that, <clears throat> which means there's a note on a Trello board. It doesn't mean I'm actually thinking about it. It means there's a note on a Trello board because I'm focused on this right now, but there, there is a mug. There are brownies this year. There is a coaching call with me for high achievers. There are no other prizes, you know, in the past there have been like special discounts and and opportunities for, for cool prizes, but I'm not going to be content coaching anymore. So there isn't anything like that. It's just the big final hurrah, throw the party. And then my website blows up. You, you want to, you want to have a little fun with me for a minute? I'm thinking I I'm, I'm planning to participate in the stretch yourself challenge this year. I have yeah. um, a couple of years now uh, purchased a ticket to the stretch yourself challenge and then you know, life gets in the way and business gets in the way and I have other priorities and I have not been a finisher. So if anyone listening has 
done this in the past and not been a finisher, you are in good company because I have not been a finisher in the past too. For my for my big uh for my big shout out in the beginning of this episode when I said that Stretch Yourself Challenge launched six figure systems, which it did. Um, there have also been years that I I bowed out early on. So this year I'm intending to participate again and I would like to offer prizes for people who come on board with me, for people in my community who come on board and are also finishers. So throw, help me help me brainstorm, Kelly. I'm not like putting Kelly on the spot or well, anything because we did not discuss this ahead of no, time. No, I love it. I love it. There, well, there's, I've had two, I had an email from someone who said, I, of course I'm going to do the challenge, but does this mean you're not going to make a big offer? And I said, yeah, because I've always done the challenge and then made a big mm -hmm. offer. Like join my mastermind and pay for the year in advance or join my private coaching and pay for a year in advance, huge discounts. I'm not making any big offer. <laughs> Other than to say, come on, follow me over here if you would like to. So I love the idea of you like putting together something. I think there's um, Melissa Brown, uh, Pam Hamilton, Jennifer Burke, um, Michelle Garrett. Like there are people in the challenge that will be hoping to like have an impact during the challenge and draw people back to their communities and everyone has their flavors and purposes. And I like, if you, you're brilliant. If you're going to offer people some kind of a prize from you for being, for joining you in finisher status, I think that would be really hot. Um, my thing has always been join my mastermind. So like, I don't know your, your membership making a, what do you want to do? <laughs> thinking thinking banner message wise like the content that you create during the challenge should be a natural fit to whatever that prize is going to be because that really whets the appetite for it and now I have now I now I know what I'm gonna now I know what I'm gonna offer so thank you I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a secret <laughs> stay tuned taking notes Stay yeah. tuned. Watch for those emails about the Stretch Yourself Challenge and how to join me and uh, how we're going to celebrate being finishers together. Yes. It's going to be fun. We're going to, there's a couple things we're going to, um, last year we were doing the morning motivation on my Twitch channel. We're not going to do that this year because that was confusing, overwhelming for some people. So that'll be back in Zoom again. In the last half of March, I'm going to be doing some op some challenge open houses that people can come in and ask questions about the challenge and meet other people who are signed up for the challenge and meet team leaders. Uh, Jennifer, Melissa, Erica, and Michelle are team leaders again this year. Um, and then um, while we are all gathered together, they, they can also be like pre-scheduling some triads if they want to. And then I'm going to invite people to do some 60 second in intros that I'll record and post in Facebook. Cause one of the requests last year was that they just wish there was a way to get to know each other better 
from the beginning. And so I don't want to add more stuff to do in April. So I'm just going to make, make it kind of pre-challenge activities. That'll be fun in a way to get to know each other. So you always run this with a community aspect. There's always been a forum oh, yeah. of some kind. Is it in Facebook this year? Facebook. Yeah, it'll be in the Facebook group. I'm going to put a link to uh, the Stretch Yourself Challenge in the show notes, obviously. And I will be letting people know when they can when they can get registered. Is registration open now? Yeah, registration, depending on when you listen to this, if you're listening to it, uh, it, it might still be 97, but it'll be going up to 147. All right. When does the, what, when does the price go up? I think I'm going to do that March 7th. Okay. I was originally going to do it at the end of February, but we're here. <laughs> like February ended really fast. So March 7th, the price is going to go up to 147. Okay. So, so I will make sure that this episode gets published in plenty of time for people to snag that $97 deal. I will, um, like I said, put the link in the show notes and I will be participating. This is my, my, my public statement. I will be participating in the stretch yourself challenge in April. And I hope that uh, I hope that I can get a lot of my friends and, and community to come join me. After the Stretch Yourself Challenge, where will you be? MeSkills.com. I'm going to be working on a on my content for that project during the challenge. So I'll be implementing some of the challenges and sharing my process. And, and I'll be launching a podcast. Oh, awesome. I'm so excited. I need a new podcast to add to my podcast app. I am, I, last week I invited Tisha Lee to be my co-host on the podcast. Yeah. And she said, yes, I adored chatting with Tisha about things. Like she always asks great questions and she's always willing to be really vulnerable and open. And I think that would be really fun. But, but what tipped the scales for me from curiosity to asking her was listening to that Crime Junkies podcast because she has a sidekick that just reacts to shit in a really fun way. And I'm like, that's Tisha. That's Tisha. So, so I'm going to have a sidekick on the podcast. That'll be fun. All of the best podcasters have sidekicks now. They have, they call them producers. Armchair expert, Dax and Monica. I love them. I don't listen to them. Oh my God. You should, you would love it. You know, you know, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. Yeah. I adore him. I adore her. I've, I've fallen in love with them. I I'm addicted to the show. I'll look it up. All right, Kelly, any, anything else you want people to really know about content marketing before we go? I still really love, and I'm just wicked passionate about content marketing. I would, I would not be retiring from content coaching. If I, I could easily not retire. I could I could easily continue to do it and really enjoy it. It's just that I'm way more passionate about my own funnels. I am, I've, I've invested myself for a really long time, 20 years. I've invested myself into other people's funnels, plotting and planning and brainstorming and motivating and ideating and vision casting and getting all excited about 
what's going to happen when it's published and promoted and has an impact and creates relationship. Like when, when I meet with a client and we're talking about this blog post, my brain is out in the future going, oh my God, this is going to be so amazing. And my heart's been broken so many times by people who don't take action on what we pre on what we plan. You can't want it for them. I can't want it for them. And it, you know, it's interesting. I could still do it. I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday where I started to get all ramped up and excited about their possibilities. And I was just like, stop it. Stop it. Like, don't get attached. So this is a more, this is both an exciting and a mournful experience for me. Cause it's going to be, I'll probably ball my eyes out when the challenge is over and that's it. And I'll never do it again. But I will still be a passionate content marketer just for my own funnels, period. And that feels like a massive next step in my self-autonomy and creating more of what I want in the world. So I hope that people listening to this are so excited about their own funnels that they jump in the challenge and make the most of it and create those ripples and have that impact out there in the world. That's what we all want to do. I hope. Thanks, Kelly. I appreciate you joining me here today. I appreciate you creating the stretch yourself challenge. And I look forward to participating again this year for the last time, but maybe again next year for a different iteration. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast, you're going to love all of the courses and workshops and support you'll find inside Six Figure Systems. That's my monthly program where we dig into online marketing for regular people like you and me. We don't do big launches, we don't have the big headaches, and we don't have the big expenses that come with them. Instead, we focus on creating repeatable, sustainable systems that continue to grow over time and that don't suck up all of our energy or require a 10-person team to manage. You can come see what we're all about at sixfiguresystems.com, and I'll see you on the inside.